What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this week's View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and with me, as always, is the man whose vinyl record collection is really starting to get full, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. You know, I just found a couple of those records on top of the cabinet the other day, and I thought, I didn't listen to these. But the kids, they're starting to tap into the record collection. Why do you love vinyl records because we have amazon music we can get perfectly beautiful pure digitized music out of our speakers but you like to listen to vinyls i do and you know there's just an authentic sound that i like about that and when you listen to a vinyl record too you don't listen to the song that you want to listen to you listen to the album that you want to listen to because otherwise you got to sit there and try and move that needle and this just is a unique aspect of it and the kids i they're just fascinated that any sound comes out of that thing at all Oh, it's, it is a lot of fun to listen to records. I always remember looking at albums and all of the pictures and stories and explanations that oftentimes you can find inside those vinyl records. But you have a very nice collection. It's sitting in the corner of our family room. And going over there the other day, I realized there's some dust bunnies resting underneath that record. And it reminded me, well, you know, the sun's coming out. We've been spending some more time outside because we're just about close to springtime and it's time for some spring cleaning. But we've come through a little bit of a rough winter here in the Pacific Northwest because we in Vancouver, on the north side of the Columbia River, we recently had a snow and ice storm here in the area. Well, the people living in the Portland area, they got a lot of ice. But where we were in Vancouver, and we're a little even farther north, we got snow and we got a lot of snow, about 10 inches, which is really rare for us. But what happened was, is the beautiful canopy that we had just set up in the summertime, bought a brand new one for our daughter's wedding to make the backyard look beautiful because due to COVID, all we could have is a backyard barbecue for a reception. Well, it did not survive the snowstorm at all. Yeah. And, and I went out there knowing that I cleaned it. I took our son and I said, let's go, go get the snow off because it might build up pretty quick. Well, we cleaned it off and literally within two hours of cleaning it off, it had already filled up with enough snow that it was starting to bend. And eventually in the next hour or two beyond that, it collapsed. Well, I think this might be it for us with that canopy over the hot tub, because not only did it take out the canopy, the canopy came down and kind of did some damage to the hot tub. So both of those are probably heading to the dump this year. But it's a really a unique metaphor because today we're going to talk a little bit of divine mercy and how sin kind of piles up and you do your best to kind of hold it up, hold it up. But then it comes to a point where you just can't sustain it anymore. And that's when the divine mercy we need so very much is what we need at that time. And just like that snow came on so fast, even though I had cleaned it off, uh, you just don't know how sometimes using that metaphor, how fast something can draw you into sin or you can be affected by other people's sin. And that's the, the whole notion of that efficacious aspect of our baptism also has the converse when we sin, it can affect other people. So our, our goodness or lack of goodness affects other people. And that's why for us as Christians, we we're always having to be mindful of, are we in a place of goodness or have we chosen a place of selfishness 
And by virtue of that, does that pile up and collapse? What structures we may have holding up what we thought was our goodness? Scott, so often, especially when I would go to mom's groups, we women, we think we can just take on everything. We can you know, work a full-time job. We have kids at home. We're going to do ministries. We have a difficulty saying no to things, right? And we try to maintain this control, and yet we don't oftentimes realize how we are affecting those around us. We get you know, caught up in things. We're trying to do a good job. We're trying to be present. We're trying to be there for friends. And then you come to realize, well, I'm not really being strong and good for any of these people. And you've got to let some of that stuff go too in order to maintain the good works that you can do, the good works that God has placed before you with regards to your children your husband or your your wife and the work that you do at church. I mean, those are the things that we want to do a good job with. But when we really pile on more, boy, we break down too. So in my effort to do good this week, I smoked a pork shoulder on the Traeger that we have. Mm-hmm. And what's right next to the Traeger is this broken down <laughs> canopy that is sitting on right. our hot tub. And, you know, the, I looked at it thinking, I got to I got to take that. And, and remove that. But the sin, to use that metaphor, that was on there, the snow that was on there is no longer there. So the so whatever caused it to collapse is no longer there. But the brokenness is still there. And and as we talked about this in preparation for the show, what a great metaphor because in confession we can remove that snow, that sin, if you will, but the canopy is still broken and God wants to heal that canopy too, but we have to let him. So that's that just connects so so poignantly to Christ's statement of take my yoke upon your shoulders. My burden is easy. It's light, not like yours. And I could just see that. Yeah, I built a few canopies in my life and yeah, they're they've collapsed under the weight of of sin and snow, if you will. So that is going to be our theme for today's show, because coming up, I've got a wonderful opportunity to talk with Father Chris Alar. You may be familiar with Father Alar. He is part of the Congregation of Marians, and he's got a new book out called Understanding Divine Mercy, and he's going to explain it a little bit more for us. And then in our second half, we're going to be speaking about the change in the house and the change of my work responsibilities as kids move back to more normal. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Join me, Servite Friar Richard Boyle, as we offer this prayer honoring Mary. Holy Mary, woman of sorrow and mother of all the living, we greet you. You are the new Eve, the virgin bride at the cross, where love is consummated and life comes forth. Mother of disciples, inspire us to serve. Teach us to stand with you at the foot of those countless crosses where the Son of Man is still being crucified. Make us living witnesses of Christian love, welcoming everyone as brother and sister. Help us to escape our blindness, to follow Christ, the light of all peoples. Grant, Mother of all goodness, that we, your servants, be filled with hope. Strengthen us in the difficulties and trials ahead. Keep us faithful in your service. Renew our sacred, timeless commitment to follow Christ. With you as guide, may we serve you and our brothers and sisters with love. And at the end, be our gateway to unending life. Amen. For more prayer resources, 
please visit MatraDayRadio.com. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at MaterDayRadio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. Would you like to know how to receive the extraordinary promise Jesus offers on Divine Mercy Sunday? Well, Pope St. John Paul II said there is nothing man needs more than Divine Mercy, yet few people understand exactly what Divine Mercy is and why it's so critical for our times. In his first installment in the Explaining the Faith series comes Understanding Divine Mercy by Father Chris Alar. Father Chris is a priest in the Congregation of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception and have been the official promoters of the Divine Mercy message and devotion since 1941. And he's with me today to break open the Divine Message of Mercy. Good morning, Father Chris. It's wonderful to have you back on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Father Chris, remind us, how did the world even come to know about St. Faustina and the message of divine mercy? Because it's a message that we almost never knew about. Well, and that's what's interesting. You know, God uses those people who we don't expect. Uh, We could look at the 12 apostles and say, wow, Jesus really picked an all-star team. You know, he one betrayed him, uh, one uh, denied him three times. You know, one didn't believe in the resurrection and the others ran away except for John at the cross. So St. Faustina was somebody that we never would have expected God to pick. You know, John Paul referred to her once endearingly as nobody from nowhere. And so we wouldn't think normally that God would use somebody as a simple nun, but that's exactly who he uses. Now, what's interesting is the gospel message of divine mercy is has been something that has been around since Adam and Eve, but it's the devotion of divine mercy that the world never knew about. And so what God did was try to teach mankind what divine mercy is through the scriptures, through the prophets, through the saints. And, you know, for some point we we understood it to a small degree, but really what needed to happen was he needed to bring these five new channels of grace that we call the devotion of divine mercy to the world. And he did that through the St. Faustina and those five new channels. Why do we have these two channels of grace called the devotion? It's because it helps us live a stronger message of mercy. The bottom line is we remember it with a little acronym Finch F I N C H, which is the feast of divine mercy, the image of divine mercy, the Novena of Divine Mercy, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and the Hour of Divine Mercy. So it's a very handy way that God gave us to exercise and practice mercy through these devotions, which help us to get into a deeper um, spiritual realm of His mercy and to f- receive the fullness of the grace He wishes to give us. 
Father Chris Alar is part of the Congregation of the Marian Fathers. And Father Chris, the congregation, you are mourning one of your own. Father Seraphim Michalenko was an expert in the message. Tell me more about him and how pivotal his intervention was in getting the message of divine mercy out there. Well, yeah, in fact, um, when people look and list who were the most instrumental people in receiving, or I should say bringing, divine mercy to the world, it was clearly um, God's grace through, first and foremost, St. Faustina, and then Saint her confessor, Blessed Michael Sapochko, and then uh, John Paul II. These are the three that were the um, instrumental pieces to bringing this whole message and devotion to the world. Now, right after those three comes Father Seraphim Mankalenko. Mm-hmm. He was instrumental in we in fact in many ways we wouldn't have the diary or the image um, or the feast without Father Seraphim Mankalenko. Regarding the feast of Divine Mercy, John Paul II declared it in part because Father Seraphim was instrumental in collecting over a million signatures on petitions that says the Church, the laity want this feast. Uh, regarding the diary, um, one of the reasons we have the diary today is they had banned it between 1959 and 78 was because of faulty translations. And John Paul um, uh, was involved in some of that, but uh, Father Seraphim was the reason that we got the clarification on these translations and got these this um, back on track so that the diary was really truly understood for what its true message was and not a mistranslation, which caused the ban in the first place. Then the image, you could say we would we have because of Father Seraphim, because the original image had been stuck in the church attic at some parishes in Lithuania, and um, they were painted over, it was painted over, it was retouched, and was really in a state of disrepair. And back in 1999-2000, Father Seraphim went there and actually it spearheaded the movement to restore the image and bring it to, and this is the image of Divine Mercy we are referring to, and bring it to the world brand new, restored, and telling the story of God's message that he gave us through St. Faustina to the world about the graces that come from venerating that image. So you could almost say Father Seraphim is the number four in the importance in the history of the world on, on, on divine mercy. And we were fortunate enough to have him as part of our community and just passed away a couple of weeks ago. God rest his soul. Father Chris, no doubt Father Seraphim was one of the four pillars that raise up this beautiful message of divine mercy. Father Chris, your new book is Understanding Divine Mercy. How did you take all of that message? The diary is quite lengthy, and you break it down into this one book. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it was, uh, you could say, 15 years in the making. Um, I began when I came to the Marian Fathers in 2006, uh, having been blessed and fortunate enough to be uh, under Father Seraphim and from learning um, from uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Robert, Robert Stackpole, for instance, who actually uh, works for us here up on Eden Hill here in the Stockbridge at the Shrine. Um, he's got a PhD in theology and has been instrumental in helping us to 
teach and preach about divine mercy. We also have Father Kosicki, God rest his soul, who worked, was still here when I came. And um, what a beautiful opportunity it was for me as this, you know, know-nothing priest and didn't know anything. I didn't know divine mercy from anything. And and uh, to learn under three great people like Dr. Stackpole, Father Seraphim, Father, you know, Kosicki was more of a blessing than I could ever imagine. And so what I did was take um, the bits and pieces that I had learned over the last 15 years, the books that those great authors had written, and I thought, wow, you know, if somebody wants to learn about divine mercy, there's hundreds of books and thousands of pamphlets and prayer cards and and uh, articles online. Where can we just have everything brought together, summarized, um, condensed, and um, basically synthesized in a way that's easy to understand, but yet complete enough to be thorough. And so I wrote this book, Understanding Divine Mercy, to be able to give people an avenue to be able to say, you know what, in just over 100 pages, I want to be able to really know, 150 pages, what divine mercy is, how to receive the graces, um, what I need to do, and why it's so important. And so we tried, and we think successfully have answered those questions in this book. So we're excited about it. Oh, excited indeed. And I have looked through the book. It is wonderful. And you have done a very wonderful job, as you said, breaking it open into those five channels so that way you really have a wonderful understanding. Yeah, we go through all of this and explain the significance in an easy to understand way. We do it in a way that's um, that's simple, um, very, very concise and, and easy to follow so that when you're done reading this book, you'll be very clear on exactly what Divine Mercy is, why it's so important, and what we need to do to get those graces. So um, we feel that it could be very helpful from even the most beginning beginner Catholic all the way to the most advanced, because there's things here that very few people um, are aware of. There's things here that, that the new beginner would like, and there's things here that the more advanced would like as well. So we think it's a, a useful tool. Oh, it is going to be a great tool for anybody who opens up the pages. The name of the book, Understanding Divine Mercy by Father Chris Alar. Father Chris, where are our listeners going to be able to get a copy for themselves? Sure, please uh, join us. Your support of our uh, ministry is greatly appreciated. All proceeds return back into our ministry, and you can join us um, in that work by purchasing a copy of the book on Shop Mercy. That's one word, S-H-O-P-M-E-R-C-Y dot org. And so we hope that people will um, take advantage of that. Oh, I hope so, do. I would encourage all of our listeners to get a copy for themselves. Father Chris, before we go today, will you end us in a prayer? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we ask that you send the Holy Spirit to Modern Day Radio to all listeners, to all those who are involved in this important ministry of reaching the masses about God's message through his mother of mercy. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, that is Father Chris Alar, the name of the book, Understanding Divine Mercy. I will be sure to add a link to where you can find the webpage to purchase the book or the phone number, and you'll find the link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
Scott, it is the most wonderful time of the year. The kids, our high schoolers, our freshmen and our senior, they went back to school this week. What a wonderful celebration. They have been home because of COVID restrictions out of school in person for almost a year. In fact, I think it's been a year now. And Nick got real quiet in the house all of a sudden. It was a welcome demotion from the the housekeeper, cook, cleaner that I had become in my time at home. You know, my job, normally I do a lot of travel. And then if I'm having to do office work, I'm able to do that through uh, telework. And that was a norm before COVID for me. So when COVID hit, having the kids come in to my workspace on a regular basis and me not leaving it because I'm not traveling during COVID, what a dynamic change. By God's grace, I did I did good at keeping them keeping them going. But yeah, that song that we came out of here, <laughs> that should be played back in September, not in March, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And the kids are really excited about going. A little bit nervous. Our son is going to public high school. It's a much different community of kids than what he experienced in our small Catholic school. And so we want to give him our time and attention to make sure he is ready for what he may or may not experience. And he often has a lot of questions, too. And he oftentimes questions you, thank goodness, because for a 15-year-old boy, he comes up with some really difficult topics that I don't really know the answers to. And sometimes he even tries you and to push your limit of what you know. Stump the Deacon. I think he, he does great at that. He would win at that show. He asks me questions, and usually it is like at the latest part of the night, starting at 10 o'clock at night, and then we end up talking for hour and a half to two hours. I said, son, you got to go to bed. But the conversation was so enthralling for me to, to have to spin on some of these questions that a 15-year-old brings forward that are really authentic questions, like, did God create evil? And, you know, the, the book that we were just highlighting with Father Chris Alar, he has a section in the book that really gets right to that nugget of understanding. And what Father Alar says is, no, God did not create evil. That evil is the absence of good, and God is good. So what evil is is the absence of God. So, you know, for my son, when he asked that question, if this was this would be a great resource to point to him to say, hey, it's it's not just me saying this as the dad, the deacon, but this is the church's understanding that God did not create evil. But a kid's thinking, didn't God create everything? Right. Aren't all things created by God? Well, yes, but he allows evil. He allows evil because it it is necessary in our choice. And that's the freedom he gives us. He gives us choice. And he wants us to choose the good. But so oftentimes we get tricked into or we selfishly are gravitating toward the selfish response, which is the absence of good. And that is evil. So it's not a thing. It's it's an occurrence. It is an occurrence. And it is amazing, too, when that evil sets in through ordinary things. Right. It changes your reaction, it changes how you perceive something, then what so often happens is then we take that and then we kind of spew it out into the world. So now that sin is no longer something internal, but now we have kind of sent that out there. For instance, 
how often does it happen, especially between you and I and within our marriage? Because, boy, that is especially where the devil likes to take foothold. You or I have had a bad day. Say I've, you know, driving home. I've I've done a lot of work here, which is good work. But I live in the world. I got to get in a car. I've got to commute home. There's traffic. I get cut off. I walk into the house after a commute that should have only taken me 20 minutes has now taken me nearly an hour. I walk into the house. Now, nobody knows what I've gone through and it's loud and there's dishes that need to be done and kids want to go places and you've had a long day of work. Well, I just spew my frustration out there and I find everything that is wrong in the house at that moment to let loose on you. Well, now I've taken everybody's relatively good day and I've tainted it. Now everybody's upset because we all know that if mama ain't happy... (laughs) Nobody's happy. And now it's out there. That's right. And that's how sin can get out there. And that's how evil exists in the world. And we have the divine mercy message to repair that. We have confession to remove the sin, but God's divine mercy is what will repair it. Right, right. You know, so oftentimes people uh, refer to the miracles that are touted in the gospel readings and what they often point to is how come we don't see miracles like that today? The physical uh, miracle. But what they miss seeing is it's, that's not God's focus, the physical miracle. God's focus is the internal healing and that all those miracles, the man with the withered hand, the, the, the paralytic, uh, the, the woman suffering bleeding, wasn't the healing of the physical that was the, the great occurrence. It was the healing of their soul to reconnect to the goodness that they were created to be living in the middle of. And so for us, yeah, we have the ability through the sacraments we receive to affect other people with that goodness. But God gives us the choice also, if we choose to affect other people negatively by our actions. And so that's a great responsibility. Each one of us has a great responsibility which is why examination of conscience at the end of the day is, is so important, which why examination of conscience in preparation for confession is so important. How have I gone against the love of God? And how can I ask God in my pleading, please pour your divine mercy over me. Let me open myself up to that divine mercy that never stops flowing. I'm the one who shuts it off. How do I remain open to that and reopen to that? And that is only through our contriteness and asking God with a humble heart, please fill me again with the goodness and the love that you have for me. And what a beautiful gift it is to have God's divine mercy and the wonderful message of St. Faustina. If you go to any one of our wonderful Catholic bookstores, you will be able to find the diary. And I know that you would also be able to get a copy of Understanding Divine Mercy by Father Chris Alar. It is a wonderful opportunity to read because, as we know, Divine Mercy Sunday, a gift to the world by Pope St. John Paul II. The Sunday after Easter is coming up. And boy, That is exactly what our world needs so much today. Scott, before we go, will you end us in a prayer? Yes. Lord, we thank you for the great grace you've poured out to St. Faustina and she was able to capture in her image of you. We understand that your grace pours out over us. Help us this day, this week, this Lenten period to 
be open to that divine grace, to be open to your mercy. We trust in you, Lord. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And that is going to do it for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.